Hey, 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 welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast. It is Tuesday morning, December 8th. We are entering week 14, and that means if you're listening to this, you are a playoff team. So congratulations, my friends. It's been a long, tough year, and hey, a little bit of playoff fantasy football is definitely in order. I wish every single one of us could be there, but alas, only 50% get in, unless you're in a 14-team league when you know, even less get in. Um... I have plenty of sob stories and success stories. Did not have a real good week 13, personally. Uh, Lost a shot at a bye in two different leagues. Uh, I think I lost a shot at the playoffs in another. Um, But hopefully week 14 will uh, lead to happier times. I am going to be... I had a bye last week in the first week of Scott Fishbowl playoffs. Week 14, I will be playing for my proverbial life, as as will everybody else. Um... Sort of looking forward to that. Unfortunately, each week I lose a player <laughs> in fishbowl, and I'm, my team is finally starting to get a little thin. Uh, not sure if I'm going to be healthy enough to make a real run at it, but hey, you never know. I still got Tyreek Hill. I still got Pat Mahomes. Um, unfortunately, Odell Beckham gone. Will Fuller gone. Some other sob stories. Hilaire has been rendered useless with this non-running RBBC committee they got going out there. But that's my stuff. That's my pain. Um, I am going for my second title in the uh, Capitalist Pigs League, Scott Fish's 50-16 Dynasty League. It looks like I am going to lead that team in scoring for the regular, lead that league in scoring for the regular season. I'm proud of that, especially in that my team, by my eyes, has actually underperformed. Um, but hey, uh, onward and upward there. Hopefully, my team can perform well over the next couple weeks and and uh, get its second title, but that that league is tough. There's no buys. So, like, everybody goes into the same Week 14 pool. Anybody who made the playoffs in, in the Pigs, you are all equal starting Week 14. So there's real no advantage uh, to having a great regular season in that league, unfortunately. Uh, there's just, you make the playoffs or you don't. Uh, now, my team scores well. I mean, I like my chances of getting out of this first round. And then once you do get out of the first round, things get, get tougher. Um... I did manage to get the buy in the uh, UDPL, the uh, Ultimate uh, Dynasty Podcasters League, run by uh, Ty Gunther. I guess there's a shot I could lose that buy. I think um, somebody. I think Amari Cooper needs to put up like 55 points, so I'm feeling pretty good about that one. It's not official yet, um, so I've got a lot to do this week. Um, getting ready for a bunch of playoff matchups. Got a lot of teams, and you guys probably have them too, or I don't know how strong my team's going to be because I got injuries. Um, so I will be grinding the waiver wire this week just in case I need some players this weekend. Um, but as I mentioned in the intro uh, to this week's waiver wire article, you know, the one thing you don't want to do ever in the playoffs, um, if you're a strong team and you set up a bye, you're not playing till week 15, don't take free agency and waivers off. Um, you want to always cycle in better players for your weakest players if you can do it. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to improve your team or at least make claims on guys who would. I mean, this might be a week to say, well, I'm not going to spend heavy because I don't have immediate needs. And really this week there aren't any outstanding players that have popped free. Um, so, you know, low scaling your bidding because you have X left and you have X number of weeks left. And who knows, um, even though we have buys this week, you know, 
our players are still playing. So even though we're off, our teams can still suffer injuries. Um, you want to keep cycling. And like I said, if you have you know uh, a finite amount of funds left, it may be better to hold some emergency funds for week 15 if you need it or week 16 if you need it uh, versus just being aggressive this week. But what you don't want to do is take your oars out of the water. Okay, You don't want to take your feet off the pedals. Um, it's, it's important to keep pedaling, to keep rushing, to keep those feet moving through contact contact. Uh, that's enough metaphors, I think. Um, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, you still want to grind. Um, and you never know when you're going to be taking a player away from a team that would have ultimately used that player against you. So keep grinding. Um, and, you know, as I say, again, as I say in the article, this week, you know, a lot like the last couple weeks, but this week even more so, your disposition has a lot to do with how you should approach, um, you know, the pool this week, your, your footing. Are you on a week 15 footing? If you are, you can take a very different approach to what has value and what doesn't have value. You're not looking at this week's schedule. You're looking at the schedule for weeks 15 and 16. I strongly advise you guys to do that, okay? Um, and obviously, um, we started with handcuffs over the last couple weeks. You may, you may be in a position, if you haven't suffered many injuries, to bring in some more handcuffs to continue to add redundancy uh, versus, you know, you know if, you, if you're a team with a bunch of studs, you'd rather have redundancy on those studs than a bunch, a bunch of roster cloggers. Um, so, I guess we, we should also talk about the other end of the spectrum, but I think it's much more clear. If you're if you just barely got in the playoffs and you're going to be playing a very competitive game this week, it's really you know, a typical waiver wire week. Um, you just want to go out there and find the guys that can best help you. Um, if you know who's going to be in your starting lineup, you want to look at your opponent and start attacking your opponent's weaknesses. If there's a player out there that you think could improve your opponent's lineup, see if you can get that player out of there. Um, by the same token, you have to juggle things too. Because if you win, you might need a couple bucks going forward. So you have to look at what you've got left, look at the priorities for this week, what's the benefit of making a move, and what is the cost if I pay for that player, what's the cost going to be if I win and go ahead the next week. Um, that's what we all got to do. And for each one of us, it's a snowflake. There's no cookie cutter advice here. You really got to take a look at it, spend the time. Um, you know, you've had a great season. You had a good draft. You've done all the things you needed to do to get yourself to this point. This is not the time to take a break. Okay, enough coaching. Um, so looking at um, what we have available for this week, uh, you know, I've gone through it. Uh, I spent a couple hours this morning just sort of grinding over who I wanted to be uh, on the wire. But really, I'm getting this recording taken care of. I've got some quiet time in the mornings before these guys start hammering outside my house. Um, but I will be taking another couple hours over the rest of the day before I finalize the waiver wire to really try to get the order hammered down as best I can. Like I did last week with the quarterbacks, I threw in this week's matchups in parentheses. You'll be able to see that. Um, so, you know, the, the order is sort of a generalized order, um, you know, taking into account the full season schedule. Um, that's pro I, I have them mostly ranked, I think, for value over the three-week period with this week's matchup in parentheses to give you a heightened sense of what the immediate value is. Um, so, and, and by the way, ordering these quarterbacks is not easy because a lot of it can depend on what, what your situation is, right? So at the top of it, I have Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts might be the least worthy guy on this list because he may not start, okay? But if the Eagles make him starter, 
He would be a playable asset this week against the Saints, but very risky because the Saints are a very tough matchup. But if your team survives and you get to week 15 and 16, things change because you get Arizona and Dallas respectively. That is an exciting pair of matchups right there. So I want Hurts on my team, especially if it's a super flex kind of league. But I want him on my team because I don't want to play him. I don't want to go up against some running quarterback in week 15 or 16 who's capable of dropping 35 points on me because he can run for 100 yards and a pair of scores, and he's a functional thrower. He's not a very good quarterback, but he's a functional thrower. So I don't want to play Jalen Hurts um, with this guy trying to, you know, become the quarterback of the future. I would rather have him on my bench um, than have to play him. And hey, depending on the status of my quarterbacks, he may have more upside in games where I need upside. So I think Jalen Hurts is a guy to consider adding tonight. Obviously, the big thing with him is, and and I know that at this point, based on my conversations with you guys, more than half of the people that are reading this article actually end up putting their bids in like on Wednesday morning. So by Wednesday morning, we're probably going to know um, is Hertz playing quarterback this week or is it going to be Wentz? Probably. I mean, not definitely, but probably. So if that information's out and Hertz is getting his shot, uh, I think he is definitely the biggest upside guy, um, you know, out there for my money. Now, Philip Rivers obviously is throwing more. He's got, um, you know, a good matchup uh, this week. Uh, against the Raiders. I'm just going to pull up uh, his other two, so I don't, I don't want to go from memory. Yeah, Houston Week 15. Hello. So now Pittsburgh Week 15, Week 16, don't really want any part of that. But uh, over the next two weeks, Rivers is very playable, and his uh, pass volume is up. Uh, Derek Carr uh, has the Colts this week. I'm not in love um, you know, with the matchup against the Colts. Uh, but Carr obviously has been playing reasonably well. He's been putting up points on most weeks. He does get the Chargers Week 15, which is a nice matchup. Uh, we talked about Trubisky last week. Um, we didn't really get the, the payoff we wanted. He did okay. He's definitely going to be the starter, I think, going forward. And as we talked about, Trubisky's playoff matchups, the Texans, the Vikings, Jacksonville, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, Trub- just... Grab Trubisky, put him on your bench, and if you need an emergency quarterback, you've got one who runs. You know, I mean, Trubisky is a nightmare. Don't get me wrong; he can he can implode. But Mitch Trubisky is also capable of forty-point games. Like he really is. Okay, Baker Mayfield's up next. We know all about him. We've talked about it. Uh, Ravens this week not great, but then Giants, which is decent, and Jets, which is great. So Mayfield. Great to have him around week 16. You keep him. You don't have to play against him, and maybe you end up using him. Um, Teddy Bridgewater gets the Broncos uh, this week. Uh, none of his matchups are like outstanding, but they're all playable, right? He gets Green Bay week after, and then Washington football team. So Bridgewater's not a bad guy to have around just in case you need a quarterback. I think there are better options out there overall. Uh, Matt Stafford, um, you know. I think Matt Stafford's a guy we can take seriously. Obviously, it'd be a lot more interesting if he had Kenny Galladay to throw to. Um, but over the next three weeks, the Packers, the Titans, and Tampa. So really, it's that Week 15 matchup um, where Stafford becomes a very interesting play. If you have a really bad Week 15 matchup, or if you're light at quarterback and you want some positive options, I think Stafford could be one in Week 15. Um, if you're a team that has been just streaming all year and you have a buy, you could do you could pick up Stafford and Mayfield, start Stafford Week 15, Mayfield Week 16, and you. Could compete with some guys with really good quarterbacks. Um, Andy Dalton gets the Bengals this week. Hashtag revenge game. Hashtag good matchup. Uh, Daniel Jones, if he returns, if he returns, I mean, it's not, 
by any stretch, um, you know, a guarantee. But if and when Daniel Jones comes back, uh, he comes back to a reasonably good schedule uh, with Arizona this week, Cleveland next week, but then Baltimore. So Jones has got two out of three playable, one very good. Uh, Tua this week has the Chiefs. Um, I assume he's going to be the starter there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how much Tua is a good pickup for me. You know, this. Uh, you know, at least you know they're going to have to open it up this week. Then he gets New England. Eh, I don't know, rookie quarterbacks against New England, and then the Raiders. So, yeah, Tua is okay. I'm still concerned that at some point they decide to replace him. Um, we will see. If you're in a real jam, if you're really hurting, um, Jacksonville is tanking, which means they're not going to play Minshew. They're going to probably stick with Glennon, um, and you get Tennessee this week. So, you know, Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon against Tennessee, there's probably worse stuff out there. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it, but by the same token, I wouldn't be afraid to do it. Um, and that's that's pretty much it uh, for quarterbacks. I will, you know, do another little bit of a dive, see if there's anybody else um, that maybe I overlooked. But uh, I think that's a pretty good look um, at what's out there for this week. Uh, if I was picking up a guy just to play for this week, probably Rivers or Trubisky. Um, if I was looking for a guy to pick up for upside over the rest of the season, it would be Hurts. Okay, let's move on to these running backs. Not terribly exciting, but there's some stuff to talk about. First up, and this is probably the case on, mo on most waiver wires this week, is Cam Akers. Now, he's been our lead guy for a while, so most of you guys probably have Cam Akers, uh, or you're just too deep at running back and you never made a move on him. Um, if running back is an area of need for you, and if Akers is still available in your league, I think it's a great pickup. Um, now, he does have a shoulder thing. We don't know what the severity of the shoulder is, and he's got a quick turnaround with the Patriots on Thursday night. So Akers may or may not be you know, a guy who's going to help you this week, but I think he finished the game to the best of my knowledge, so uh, I don't think it's a serious shoulder injury. Akers could be a real good pickup for teams who don't have a week 14 need but who want to bring on you know, an upside back because, look, at this point, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, but last week it finally really happened. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he played all that well, um, you know, I still think Akers is picking up the nuances of the scheme, but we saw 52 offensive snaps. That's more than double, more than double his snap, his highest snap total in the year going into Week 13. Uh, 21 rushes, also uh, double um, all of his carry totals with the exception of Week 1 where he had 14. Um, you know, 72 yards, a touchdown, caught a pass for 22 yards. It's his longest pass on the year. So, you know, there's there's a lot to like here. There's a lot to like. Um, the question is, um, uh, are, you know, are, is he going to be a starter this week or is it going to be uh, until week 15? But look, when you look at the rest of this waiver wire, Akers is one of the few organic running backs there who's actually a guy with value even if the other guys on his team are healthy. Um, Philip Lindsay did play last week. He's available in a lot of places. Um, you know, he's only half of a backfield, and it's not the greatest team in the world, but Lindsay's going to give you running back points. And all you need is for them to, you know, I don't know where they're at on Melvin Gordon, but if they're going to cut him in the offseason, they may decide to make Lindsey the guy down the stretch. I did notice that Lindsey got the first carry last week, although Gordon looked better. Um, but Lindsey, I think, is a guy who, you know, all you need is a Melvin Gordon, you know, hammy tweak, and you've got yourself a full-time back in Lindsey. So I think Lindsey should be owned in most leagues. Benny Snell obviously did, like, nothing. Um, 
uh, last night. Uh, we don't know the status of Connor. So Benny, Benny Snell is a hold until we find out that Connor's going to play. If you're a Connor team, I think he's a good handcuff. Clearly, the Steelers aren't blocking up much of anything for anybody right now, but that can change pretty quick. They're a good football team. Um, the Lions situation is up in the air. Adrian Peterson has the most value. Um, you know, Carrion Johnson would have secondary deep flex value, but both of those guys' value is completely dependent upon Swift not playing. Now, Swift cleared the protocol, but then got sick and didn't really play. If everything is above board there and he actually missed the game because of an illness, as long as it's not COVID, he should be back and raring to go this week. So the long-term value for these Lions, you really have to bet on Swift staying down. And we don't know that much about that yet. By the time we do bids on Wednesday morning in those leagues, we may know more. So keep your head on a swivel with these Lions running backs. Peterson absolutely has value when Swift doesn't play. Um... So, I mean, there's no way around that. Uh, same thing with the Falcons. We don't know when Gurley's going to come back. Uh, I thought he was going to play last week. He didn't. Ito Smith is the guy to get. It, that has become clear. But again, that's dependent upon the other guy being out. Same thing with the Jets. Ty Johnson oh, had a huge game. He looked good. He's quick back. He's looked good most of the year. But, you know, it's the Jets. The Jets would rather play an old man who stinks than young guys with upside. Gore went out immediately. A Jet running back goes over 100 yards, gets in the zone, looks like a fantasy threat. <laughs> the Jets are just the ruiners of all things good. But if Gore is out, Ty Johnson becomes a strong flex option, a, a strong one. You can put that guy in there. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got he's got some juice. Um, uh, moving over to the Washington football team, um, it's it's hard to know what the status of Antonio Gibson's going to be. Had a toe injury, it knocked him out for the game. Now, if you have a toe injury that immediately knocks you out for the game, that's a legit injury, and it and toe injuries can last. You know, for a couple days, you can get rid of them with a run of anti-inflammatories and some rest. But sometimes, you know, if you've got some damage in there, it can last for weeks. It can linger on for a season. So um, Gibson is a long-term chip for them. He's an important player. Um, I don't know if they'll force him into action if he's got a lot of pain this week. So uh, J.D. McKissick, who has dropped below 50%, is a PPR pickup. Peyton Barber uh, is a touchdown-dependent guy with some upside because... He, you know, if Gibson's not there, Peyton Barber could pick up 15 plus carries in the red zone work. So both of those guys are going to be options. But again, just like everything else this week, it's going to be dependent upon the health of the lead dog. So look for information. That is something we, again, we may have information on that later today, early tomorrow morning. Once you know Gibson's out, there is value in McKissick and Barber. Um, Le'Veon Bell and the Chiefs. Uh, you know, certainly he should be owned in most leagues, and he is available in some. Um, you know, I think last last week's thing with uh, Hilaire is probably over by this week. So Bell is really sort of a you know a flex where you're praying that he makes a big play or that the rookie goes down. Uh, Rashad Penny has been a you know a bust out as as a stash so far because he's still a stash basically. Uh, but Pete Carroll sounded like he has a real chance to practice this week. If that's the case, he could have fantasy value. You know, if he practices, you know, gets uh, 15 snaps this week, cracks off a big play, and then you know he could be in line for a workload by week 15. So I still think Rashad Penny is an excellent stash if you've got bench space to just you know why stash some you know stiff if you can stash a guy like Rashad Penny. Um, and his his elongated rehab time 
has two potential meanings. One, he's not doing well. But the vibe that they've been giving out is that he's actually doing okay, which means to me that they've been slow rolling this guy because they want him ready and fresh for when the games really count, which is still a month off, right? So Rashad Penny could easily be a guy where if he practices three days this week, he gets a work in this weekend, and he could be up to 10-plus touches by next weekend. And look, let's not kid ourselves. Carlos Hyde has been mediocre and has been dinged up. Chris Carson has a foot thing. I mean, the C's could part for Rashad Penny here. It's very possible, I think, especially in deeper leagues. where you, And again, where you have the adequate bench space, I, I think he should be rostered. Uh, if you're looking for a dependent, you know, touchdown-dependent kind of option, um, we still have Samaje Pirine, and now we have Alfred Morris on the Giants. Uh, Kalen Balaj looks like he is the power back who will work in tandem with Eckler. Um Man, I mean, I, I I try not to spike the ball too much, but I was really clear about Josh Kelly, folks. And when you're getting out, when you're when Kalen Balaj is playing ahead of you, you do have a vision problem. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, that's about it for the running backs. I'm going to grind a little bit more in this position. I may come up with another idea or two, but basically it's the standard stuff we've been play- saying for the last two weeks. It's the same handcuffs, the same everything. Um Let's see here. Let's let's jump over to the wide receivers. Uh, we got. I'd like to get everybody out of here within about ten minutes. So let's let's get into this. Uh, leading the way, um, our old friend T. Y. Hilton, who interestingly, I mean, his playing time is like you know just a couple ticks down. Like I, he's playing in like the 60, 70, 80 snap rate area. Um, but his usage is sort of on the rise. Uh, looks like he now finally has got at least a five-target floor, had 11 targets last week. He's been in the end zone the last two weeks. And maybe more importantly than anything, he's looked a little bit like T.Y. Hilton, which is cool. So T.Y. Hilton right now, where the Colts are trending towards throwing more, they need these games, it's important, Hilton's healthy, he's been involved, he's now on the same page with his new quarterback. So I think Hilton is a good pickup. Uh, Sterling Shepard not far behind. Uh, Curtis Samuel coming off the bottom. I uh, had to get dropped from some people. He's available in some leagues. I think he's an excellent pickup. Um, obviously, you've got some, uh, you know, DJ Moore's dinged up. We don't know how, how bad that's going to be. But uh, the other thing to watch is that both DJ Moore, who has the ankle and this, he's been placed on the COVID list, um, uh, and Curtis Samuel, both are on the COVID list. Now, we don't know if they actually have COVID, if they were just um, exposed to a contact or whatever. So that's a situation to keep our eyes on. Now, these guys are both young and strong. They're probably going to come out of this quickly if they have it. I think there's a better chance that they actually don't have it. Um, so, you know, not a huge deal here. But, I, you know, I think Curtis Samuel certainly um, for weeks 15 and 16, um, you know, even if he is going to be, you know, missing this week due to COVID, still a pretty good guy to pick up. Um and I know we talked about the Panthers schedule. It's not bad. It's not good. Uh, but for, you know, when we're talking about specifically Curtis Samuel, he's unlikely to draw Jair Alexander against uh, Green Bay. So that makes Green Bay a reasonably good matchup for him. And I like the way he matches up against Washington as well. Uh, certainly if he plays against Denver this week, there's nothing too scary there. So all three games are playable for him. And we have to remember, you know, uh, you know Curtis gets slightly different usage. He gets... Uh, you know, some running back looks, he gets a lot of short area looks. So I think he's viable against uh, teams that have shut down corners because those corners are usually going to be applied to Robbie or to DJ Moore. Um, 
Okay, let's look at some um, of these other receivers. We're not done yet by a long shot. Uh, Tim Patrick. You know, this guy scores touchdowns. Currently, he has uh, a comfort level with Drew Locke. You've got, um, you know, Jerry Judy banged up. So, you know, that's sort of the thing. I think, you know, Tim Patrick looks good. He's coming off a two-touchdown game. The question is, is Judy going to come back to life? Because the minute Judy is playing healthy, he's open. <laughs> and he's going to start getting the ball, and Patrick's targets will dip. Um, and I, it, it looked like Noah Fant was a lot healthier last week, too. So Tim Patrick probably coming off the best game he's going to have, but still is a threat to score a touchdown on most weeks. Definitely can be your flex, your third receiver if you're hurting. Uh, Cole Beasley, I think he's like 59% own, so he's probably not available, but with John Brown out at least one more week, Beasley's elevated target uh, levels are going to, you know, they're going to keep going. Um, you know, once John Brown's back, he goes back into that other role, which is, you know, more flexy than wide receiver three-like. Um, even though Hilton's doing well, Michael Pittman is still a viable weekly flex play. He's looking good. Uh, Kiki Kuti, he made one big play, had a lot of short area usage, you know, sort of typical Kiki, um, but you know what? There's no way his role is going to diminish off of last week's game, so I think he's a viable flex going forward until either something changes or he gets hurt. It's quite possible that Kuti could keep expanding. Now, for those who remember, this is a guy we liked quite a bit when he was coming out of college, uh, but you know the Texans liked him too. He had a, a rookie year that was encouraging at the big playoff game. We were thinking really good things going into his second year, and then he got into Bill O'Brien's doghouse, and basically he's been there ever since. Bill O'Brien's gone. There's been some injuries. He's getting a chance. You know, we've got, you know, a short amount of, you know, a small amount of data here that says, well, maybe he can, uh, you know, be good in the post-Bill O'Brien era. Uh, so, you know, I think he's a flex this week, and I think he could play his way into wide receiver three status if he continues to excel. Now, is Kuti a better pickup than, say, Alan Lazard? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to say no. I think Lazard's probably a little bit better. Now, Lazard doesn't have any shot at a big target load, right? He's a guy who is a, uh, a complimentary receiver who will probably have a five or six target floor. There will be weeks where he gets over that number, but we know that the big dog, Devontae Adams, is going to get fed before everybody else. But Lazard really, I do think he is going to be that second guy on the Packers. And, and, and that guy has value because, you know, we know MVS is a big play guy, but he will disappear for weeks at a time. Um, so to me, it's really, you know, once we get past Adams, it's Lazard, Tunyon, um, and then the running backs, okay, in terms of, you know, people are going to see consistent targets. Um, so I think Lazard's a good pickup. Uh, Jalen Rieger didn't do a whole lot catching. He did have a long um, return touchdown showing off, you know, <laughs> his wheels and things he can do. Um, if they switch to the younger quarterback, even though I think Wentz is actually you know, a better thrower. Um, the thing about Hertz is that he's not damaged right now. He's very excited from the neck up. He wants to get in there and show everybody what he's got, whereas Wentz is clearly a guy who really needs to get his head cleared. I would imagine that's the direction the Eagles are going to go in. Um, and I think that Hertz opens things up for guys like Rieger because Hertz is going to start running around. He's going to shake up some coverages, and he will help out that young receiver. So, you know, I think Rieger is a strong flex play uh, if Hertz is a quarterback. Denzel Mims on the Jets is, you know, he's sort of getting his consistently. He's, you know, the, the, he's getting some targets down the field. They're not the best looks I've ever seen. Um, you know, I think his touchdowns are. 
I, to me, they're most likely probably to come on actual red zone targets versus like long touchdowns. But he's in play. He's got the speed. He's still sort of getting his feet wet a little bit, Mims. You can see he's got some hesitation getting off the line of scrimmage. But once he gets into his routes, he's pretty effective. Um, just want to take a look at him in terms of the target trend. I know it's relatively positive. Um, again, he was at 81% of the snaps last week, a little bit lower. They, they, they keep him around that 50 snap area. Um, but the targets are what dipped last week, down to three. Um, but he caught two of them for 40 yards. Um, and with Perryman banged up, uh, you know, last week the ball flowed... Um, to Crowder. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen this week. Um, but, you know, Mims had eight targets three straight weeks. Then he dipped down to three. I think he will probably bounce back. Um, so in a deep league, I think Mims is worth something. Um, what else? Uh, Henry Ruggs, I really like as an upside flex. Um, and you never know when the targets are going to start, you know, increasing. So I think Henry Ruggs is really a good stash that you can play when needed. Russell Gage, I think, is a weekly PPR flex. Rashad Higgins um, in the plus matchup against the Jets, I think, will be a very good play. He's more of a light flex apart from that. John Brown's going to be out one more week, which makes Gabriel Davis a solid play for this week. Brown could be out more than one week, but he also could be back for week 15. So John Brown himself is not a bad pickup. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I think, is still a strong weekly flex. Uh, Colin Johnson on the Jaguars has been playing well. They're going to want to get a look at him down the, the stretch. I think he's a nice deep league flex. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller on the Bears. When we look at their schedule going down uh, the stretch, I think both of them are going to be playable as flexes. Uh, LaVisca Chenault looked healthy last week. That's good. He should get more and more juice over the you know the end of the year because they're going to want to get him as much experience as possible. Um uh, um, Deshaun Watson seems to like Chad Hansen. He got quite a bit of playing time. Um, man, I had this written down and now I don't see it. Where is it? Let me just let's get a firmer handle on Chad Hansen's playing time, just so we know exactly what we're dealing with here. I mean, the bottom line is he looked good. He put up over 100 yards. Um, yeah, he played 92% of the snaps in his first game out there. Um, that's a guy the quarterback wanted out there, and, and he used him. So, you know, I don't know if this is going to last. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a good sign. Uh, he played 59 snaps, his target seven times, seven times, caught five of them for 101 yards. So if you are in a bind for this week, it looks like Chad Anson's probably going to get some more run. Um... Trey Cran Smith found the zone, but he wasn't really that heavily involved. He's really a deep ad. Um, Des Bryant, um, we'll get another look at him. Uh, but he could be a guy to maybe pick up in deep, desperate situations. That's it for what I have so far. I plan on trying to add a few more receivers uh, when I go through um, the ownership ratings. That was That's what I came up with on my first run through. Uh, tight ends is not fun. I mean, Logan Thomas and Zach Ertz are really the only guys out there who would qualify as good pickups. I think after that, the guys I would focus on are Jordan Akins, Cole Komet for the Bears, and Jordan Reed for the 49ers. Um, after that, you're getting into pretty thin stuff. I think Eifert, he's been good with Glennon. I think for this week, he's probably a good bet to put up, you know, playable numbers. And then after that, it's not real pretty. You know, you could pick up one of the Seahawks guys, Disley and Hollister. You could pick up Ferkser and hope that Janu stays out another week. Uh, you know, the Rams guys, his dart throws. Uh, Drew Sample on the Bengals. You know, he now has, looks looks like he has like a three or four point floor. Uh, has had 12 targets over the last couple weeks. Um, 
but you know, look, hopefully you're a playoff team and you've got your tight end situation locked down. If not, Logan Thomas is the clear pickup, and then I think Ertz, and then after that, the list of so-so guys that I mentioned. And uh, went a little bit over. Wanted to do this in under a half hour. We're a couple minutes over. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I am going to spend the rest of the day working on this article, trying to grind these rankings in you know, the best order that I can. Obviously, what's available in your league is going to have a lot to do with well, you know, who you choose to go after. But again, the thing you really want to do this week is be active and make sure if you're going in light, you're doing it for a reason. It's okay to go in light this week if you've got, you know, 20 FA dollars left and you say, hey, well, I'm going to take a handful of dollars and work on this week and see if I can get something on the cheap, uh, make sure nobody's getting anything good for free, that kind of attitude. I think that's smart. Um, but, you know, if a guy like Cam Akers is out there and you are not particularly strong at your flex spot or your second running back, even if you're not playing this week, go get Cam Akers, you know. Um, it's, uh, you know, he's a guy with some upside. And then I think also... You know, I might not have spoken about it, but keep your head on a swivel with the Jets. I mean, I spoke about it, but I don't know if I really put enough behind it. I think Ty Johnson, if Gore, if the Jets say Gore is, you know, 50-50 to play this week, I think Ty Johnson's an excellent pickup. I really do. Um, and that's going to do it for this week 14 edition of the Rotoban Waiver Wire podcast. I'll be back later in the week with the rankings, of course. And with probably, I, I, I feel pretty good about a Saturday DFS podcast this week because my time, you know, my time commitments line up pretty well to get that done. Um, so come back for all of that stuff. If you've been a Rotobonner all year and over the years, please consider leaving us a donation. Um, it's uh, the place where you donate is on the rotobond.com homepage, the upper right. Uh, that's how this website survives. That's how we keep bringing you uh, the good content. So, uh, in the holiday spirit, if we've done it, if we've done right by you, do right by us. Um, and with that, good luck with your biddings. Stay active. Keep your head on a swivel all week because with COVID and all that stuff, we're going to have breaking opportunities throughout the week when it comes to the first come first serve stuff. So, keep your head on a swivel. Look alive. Giddy up. Let's bring home some titles.